Welcome to the Eco-Christian Podcast, where we are exploring what it means to be Christian on planet Earth. I'm your host, Caleb Cray Haynes, and today we have a couple of little special guests with us. Hi, I wonder how you are doing. Daily, how are you today? Good. Pretty good? Yeah. What have you been doing at school? Oh, just nothing this morning. Learning? Yeah. What were you learning? Math. Oh, cool. And what was in your lunch? Um, there was some pasta. Mm-hmm. And some cucumbers. Mm-hmm. And there was, let me think, cherry, wait, no. Was there cherry tomatoes? Cherry tomatoes? Maybe, yeah. I don't know if there was or not. Which part of your lunch was your favorite? Um, I don't know. Did you like the pasta? Yeah. Did you eat it all? Uh, well, I just finished it. Did you eat the cherry tomatoes? Um, I don't know if there was cherry tomatoes or not. Oh, you don't remember? No, I don't remember. Was there a vegetable? Um, yeah, I only told you, cucumbers. Oh, right. Did you eat the cucumbers? No, it's cucumbers. Did you eat the cucumbers? Yeah, I ate the cucumbers. Did you really, though? Well, I maybe ate one. Mm-hmm. Just one? Yeah, this one. Did you eat your nuts? Oh, the nuts. No, I did not. That's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to be a little cliche and say that nothing brings me more joy in life than my children. Despite their immature abilities to negotiate interpersonal conflicts, they are quick to forget and abundant in love. And despite their genuine obsession with toys and sugar, that honestly most of us still struggle with that as well, it occurred to me that in order to begin this journey into the heart of the eco-Christian, we have to be willing to exhibit the same sort of behavior that my little girls do at the dinner table. A portion of joy for the things they do like, say mac and cheese in their case, and an honest and bit whiny pout for what they most certainly do not like, Brussels sprouts, right? And also an acknowledgement that this is their dinner and they need to eat it or at least try a little bit of everything. And lastly, maybe just like my kids, bring a ridiculous dose of laughter to the table just for being alive. In the same way, I pray that each of you, that we, as we approach the coming table that is set before us and these conversations and texts and different angles and flavors that maybe we haven't explored before, that we can be present and open to the meal before us, receiving the joy of what we already like, being authentic yet still at the table for the stuff we may not like so much, and taking the opportunity to at least chew on every prepared item before we just toss it out. And finally, agree to not take ourselves too seriously. 
I believe we will find laughter a great healer for us and medicine for our wounded spirits and bodies. So, will you approach this with me with some childlikeness? It's infinitely harder than we often like to let on, isn't it? Because childlikeness is vulnerability. It's naked. It's not safe. And it's how Jesus says we must be to enter the kingdom of heaven. What are some things that people can do to help the earth? Um, they can pick up trash and they can plant gardens and grow food and they can recycle things and they can plant trees and a bunch of stuff. Oh. Cool. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child who he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. One of my all-time favorite Jesus stories is when he talks with the, well, as we know him by, the rich young ruler. This man has grown, matured, followed all his religious rules, and even has decided to come and talk with Jesus. So he asks, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus pulls no punches. He says, Sell your possessions and give to the poor and come and follow me. Man, have mercy. Years ago, I offered a sermon from this text at a youth retreat I was giving. And it was a group of high school students, uh, right, uh, just for context. Um, because if you know, you know. And if you read on, Jesus says in the text... It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than the rich to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, if you know the backstory, commentators will tell you, oh, uh, the eye of the needle, yeah, that is that place in the city wall where you have to get your camel to basically army crawl through this small entryway into the city, so forth and so on. In other words, it's really, really hard to do, but maybe not impossible. Well, we love that contextual clue, don't we? Because it's like, so you're telling me there's a chance, right, Jesus? A chance that I get to keep everything I have, live like I want, keep all my wealth and possessions, and still, maybe, if I try hard enough, squeeze through that hole as if it's just really hard and we can probably pull this off. That's what we do best, right? Lace up our bootstraps, right? Make it happen. Which if you're following, if you're listening, this would be completely missing the message. Which is why, ironically for us today, it may be more helpful to think about an actual eye of a needle. So anyway, I decided for this message on that last night of the, the retreat and 
you know, the night where everyone's got to get saved. And, and then I would build this wall like you do. And um, so I literally have all this scrap lumber and I and I build this wall and it's about waist high. And in the wall, I build this small opening where you could still get through if you basically got down on all fours and crawled your way through. And so during the message, uh, I had this huge hiking backpack. And together uh, with the students, we sort of named all the things we think we need for survival. And as each one of these things was named, a new item was sort of stuffed into the bag. And so, of course, in there, you've got your food and your camping stove or your sleeping bag or your solar lamp or your phone charger or your Nintendo Switch, depending on what you need to survive. And so by the end of it, this backpack is pretty huge. And one kid tried on the backpack and tried to get through the opening in the wall with it. Right, to try to crawl through with it on his back. But he couldn't, right? Because the lesson, you can't enter and bring all that with you. So, by the way, this is free fodder for all of you youth pastors out there. Just leave a five-star review and comment on the podcast. You're welcome. But uh, so as the service ended... And the invitation to pray was given, right? Because on the other side of the wall was this space with candles and a carpet and a place to kind of respond and pray to sort of like mark this decision that you've made. But here's the deal. To enter, they would actually have to get down on all fours and and crawl through, which, if we're honest, is a pretty vulnerable position and behavior, especially when you're a high school student and your image, your cool factor is everything, right? Uh, Or at least important. So for some, I might as well have been asking them to cross through uh, an actual needle. Yet, I can still see the faces of those seven or eight kids who made that move in front of everyone else and got down on their knees and crawled through this opening in this wall, in this response, in this this moment of prayer, in this moment of coming to closer to Jesus. They were the ones who actually did let go. They weren't worried about how it looked. They were desperate. Even one girl came through with a broken leg. Another came with family trauma. They, They weren't the cool club. It was sort of the misfit band of disciples that ended up following Jesus in their context. So why the story opening up this podcast? I say all that to say this eco-Christian conversation is full of challenges and holes that you could fall in. It's hard. And to get through this journey The task at hand involves reconnecting ancient dots between loving God, loving neighbor, and loving the earth, between following Jesus and what's going on with our climate, between our first commission in the Bible to serve and keep this garden we call home, and the great commission that Jesus leaves us with at the end of the Gospels. It is no small journey. 
the conversations ahead are in the effort of not playing it safe. We don't really need another safe conversation. What we need are conversations that aren't safe, but are raw and filled with actual humans and actual creation. And you and I know it isn't always nice or put together or fixed or even okay, because life isn't that way. And so in honor of the true human experience and an effort of authenticity and a reflection of a life that doesn't always feel very Instagrammable or curated, and in the acknowledgement that creation is groaning today and what is occurring environmentally on God's planet is absolutely devastating. I'm humbly inviting you today to join me and others in this conversation and this journey to be present, to be childlike, to be vulnerable, to be honest, and to be willing at times to even put our stomachs to the ground in order to make it through together. Because I'd be lying if I didn't say that I believe this is a more than urgent conversation today as the earth is enduring great pain and great suffering and great grief and that our creator grieves as his creation groans. So may we go forward together from here, eco-Christian, May you pull up a seat at this table and may we find our place together at this meal. Let's attempt to be God's children together on planet Earth and may it be hopeful. Your breath is smelly. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) 